Yo, Ola, what's going on, y'all? Uh, welcome back, Audible Podcast, Monday afternoon. A um, couple things I want to go over today. One thing, I want to talk to you about wine care, how to take care of your wine, how to store your wine. I know a lot of people that will have a bottle of wine, will have that shit on the counter for weeks. And they come back to it and be like, ew, why does my wine taste like this? Wine doesn't last that long. It's not liquor. It's not brandy. It's not vodka. It's not tequila. Uh, you can't just leave it on the counter for like two weeks and throw some ice in it. And then you're just going to be, you know, sipping on some good stuff. No, the wine has already gone bad. Please stop doing that. Uh, second thing I want to talk about, um, Pinot Noir. So Pinot Noir is a perfect perfect entry level grape even though it's one of the grapes that's extremely hard to grow and it's super high quality and since it's so hard to grow did I say it was easy to grow it's very hard to grow um and since it's so hard to grow sometimes you have to deal with certain price ranges for Pinot Noir uh, mostly California Oregon I mean there's really not much unless you're in those states or unless you are dealing with probably something pretty terrible. Um, there's not much that you'll get under $15 fantastic Pinot Noir uh, as far as American style. There's a lot from Chile. There's a lot from France. There's a lot from a lot of other countries. And there are some very good ones uh, from California. But it's not like you're going to be dealing with, you know, Spain and Argentina where you just get get super quality for like 15, 16, 12 dollars. Sometimes you can't, sometimes you can't um, sort of lean more toward can't. So the first thing we're going to get into is care of the wine storage, knowing what to do with your wine. If you're going to keep it for a while, knowing where to keep it, knowing how to keep it. So the average person that buys a bottle. Um, they think they could just throw it on a, on a, on a mantelpiece. You could throw it on a counter and then it's cold outside. So you got the AC on 85 with a heat on 85 and it's hot as hell. Or you're in the kitchen and you've been cooking, you know, get someone that give them good eats. And it's hot as hell in the kitchen because you're cooking. You got the spaghetti boiling. You got the ragu tomato sauce boiling. Uh, you, you frying sausage, you got you got something in the oven, some meatballs, so the heat is is, is going. So what wine is um you I used to always see uh like these signs with wine and uh, wine and milk uh, being of you know how sensitive you are, how much ter- care you have to take for them. So I would say take care of your wine the, the same way you take care of milk. You're not gonna leave milk on the counter for two days. Um uh, you're not going to put milk in any like super unnecessary um, places in the house. Like a fucking jug of milk is not going on on a mantelpiece. You know what I'm saying? So you have to you have to take good care uh, of the wine. So if you're dealing with white or red. So I would say the you know, the, the general longevity will be about four or five days. You know, you can you can stretch the week if you want to. By the time you get to it, it's going to be pretty bland. It won't be bad, but you probably won't have any flavor left. So if you just want to chug it down the glass for the sake of chugging down the glass, feel free. More than likely, you won't get sick. I wouldn't recommend it because if you're drinking, you want to at least taste something when you drink something. So um, so let's see. Like, for instance, my um, 
I went to my auntie house and uh she had like a bottle set at home. You know, she's not a real wine drinker. So she just basically just picked it up just to pick it up, you know, just to just to have something. And uh she kinda had a bottle with the cork in it on the counter. And it was about halfway. So it's like, yeah, I'm like, what is this? I'm like, what's fucking like it's is it juice? Or you just it just having it sitting here? Is it more of a decoration? Because a lot of you know, I used to do that when I first got into wine. I used to uh, just keep the bottles that I had. Whenever I, I, I tried or bought really expensive bottles, you know, I would ask the whoever I tasted it with, the winemaker, whoever the, the case may be, I would ask them, could I have it? Because I would put it on my mantelpiece. I would just kind of have, you know, real expensive bottles and nice looking bottles laying around. So it's more of a decoration thing for me. And um, but the way she kept it, she would like, come back for a sip, you know, throw some ice in it and just. You just can't do that. You're going to get yourself sick. Um, you're going to wonder why you're at the middle, you're, in, you're at the desk, and you're doing some desk work, and your guts are rumbling. You're going to you're gonna wonder why, and that's because you had a bottle set at home on the counter for like three weeks. So take better care of your wine. The refrigerator is fantastic. So the, the main thing that you want to do is you want to keep your wine in, in stable temperature and stable lighting so the only time you're gonna the light in the fridge comes on is when you open it now unless you plan on having a bottle right next to the light bulb having the fridge open for for eight days straight because it's that's i mean it's just a light bulb at the end of the day um the refrigerator is it's perfect it's, it's a perfect place to store your wine i keep my wine there right now i don't have a wine fridge i'm a wino but i tried a lot most of the bottles that I keep are just, you know, uh, special expensive bottles. Uh, not to, you know, brag or whatever, but I, I keep them there for a special occasion. I don't want to open anything that's been given to me um, as a gift or or anything that I have that's pricey. I don't want to pop it open on a whim by myself. I kind of, you know, kind of want to appreciate it a little bit more. Have it with friends and family and whatnot. So, um. If you don't want to keep in the refrigerator, if you got too much food in the refrigerator, that's fine. Um, the closet is another perfect place. So the closet is another place where the temperature is it's usually pretty cool in the closet. In the closet, we usually keep the door closed in the closet. We usually only turn the light on in the closet for a couple minutes. Go in there, pick out your clothes, close the door, back at it. So what I used to do, and this is I kept wine in the closet for months. So. I didn't have a rack or anything. So what you can do is you have some clothes in there. If you have anything in there, you could just kind of lean it. Um, so you got the bottle standing up, right? You can lean it to the left on like this almost not a 45 degree angle, but just at a nice just you can just lean it into the wall or you can put it upside down and shove it in between clothes. Because what you want to do is you want to keep the cork wet. The cork gets dry, then air gets into it and it will kill the wine. So basically air is what will help your wine evolve and grow and it ultimately of course it'll kill the wine so you don't want to kill the wine you want to drink the damn wine yourself so in the closet tilt it make sure the cork is wet um keep it in there make sure it's nice and cool keep it out of the light and you'll be perfectly fine make sure that the the temperature in the closet is just regular closet temperature i mean I don't know about y'all. My closet is not like 82 degrees. It's not the same temperature as the kitchen or the living room or even the bedroom. Uh, in my case, I don't know how about y'all, but that's how I keep things for that for that perspective. 
Um, what else is there? So the fridge is a perfect place. The closet is a perfect place. I would say I would leave those at at that. The, I mean, the kitchen counter is it's just not stable enough. It's not consistent enough temperature wise. I, I'm not sure what's unless you just plan on keeping your house that cool all the time. Some people do that. Um, I used to do that. I used to keep the AC on all the time. Um, because it's Texas, it's hot as hell, and we're just getting winters for the first time, and I don't know how long, so it's finally cold. The AC finally gets a little play, but usually I would just keep my AC on all day at about 68 degrees, whether I was home or not. That way, when I get home, AC's nice and cool. Light bill seventy five dollars, so it's not like I'm, you know, not like I'm killing myself here. Seventy five dollar light bill, I think it's pretty good. So, um, just keeping consistency with your wine as far as the storage as far as the the lighting the temperature lighting and temperature are the main two things i've had people who have purchased wine who have said oh i i have to go back to work i'll just leave it in the car you know it's 12 o'clock i get off at five it's not that long i'll leave it in the car parking in the parking garage and next thing you know they come out the cork has popped out and there's wine all over the place and there's wine dripping down the bottle and then you come back and you wonder, oh, you gave me a bad wine. No, you decided to put the wine in the car for 110 damn degrees for four hours. What do you think is going to happen? So the best example I can use for y'all is treat wine like you treat milk. You don't put milk anywhere. You don't put wine anywhere. Easy enough, right? That's what I try to do. I try to make things as you know, as easy as possible, just like things was explained to me. Uh, I am a genius, but uh, sometimes, you know, you got to talk stupid to me. You got to just just break it down real simple to me. Don't give me all, uh, you know, all the super ingredients for for bluebell ice cream, hermifolite and all this other stuff. Just say it's some milk and then some butter and there's some pecans in there. And it got real cold. That's ice cream to me. So just make it. I just like to make things real simple. And then we'll all evolve together. I don't know everything, but I know enough to where I can explain it to people. And it'll be enough for them to get. And then we can all continue to learn together. So off of that, Pinot Noir is what kind of what I wanted to get into. Wine storage, uh, I think is very important. Um, like I said, it's treated like milk. Pinot Noir is it's such a it's like my favorite grape. Almost really, I would say it's one of my favorites. It's my top two, that and Grenache, Grenache, um, because I like wines with, with spice and I like wines with pepper. What you what you'll learn as you start drinking is, you know, the best wine is the wine that's for you. You you may have heard that before, but that's truly what it is. We don't we won't all like the same things. That's evident with with regular foods. We got people who eat escargot. I think eating snail is pretty disgusting. You got people who eat sardines. I think eating little fish out of can is pretty disgusting. Um, wines. We have people who hate sweet wines. You have people who hate dry wines. Even people with evolved palate, palates, air quotes, um, they may despise sweet wine, no matter the quality of the sweet wines. Sauterne, which is a dessert wine from France and Bordeaux, quality wise can be put on any level with any other wine in the world that is dry but you say you don't like sweet wine but this sweet wine 
it's $1,200 a bottle and they got a perfect 100 points. It's the perfect wine. And just because you don't like sweet wines because you tried some crappy stuff and you got probably drunk off it because you didn't know what you was doing and you were just chugging it. Now you have a bad experience. So this I don't like this and I don't like that. You got to try everything once. OK, so we may not all like the same things, but I got to try one time. You can't tell me you don't like sweet wine when you've only had one type of sweet wine. There's a whole lot. There's ports. There's ice wine. There's salt turns. Like I just said, there's there's there's, there's chocolate wines now. There's chocolate ports. Um, there's there's just so so much. There's sherry. There's marsala. There is just a ton of sweet and fortified wines for you to try. To put it all into one perspective, sweet and dry. It's it's just crazy to do. You you can't do it. Um, you can't do it with regular food. You can't do it with wine either. So um, with Pinot Noir. The reason why I, I praise Pinot Noir and I try to get as many people I can on Pinot Noir is because it's just the perfect entry level grape. You can just jump into it. Like the first dry red I had was a Pinot Noir and it was a wine called um, Willamette Valley Whole Cluster. Uh, you'll see this wine just about everywhere. It's a pretty big company who makes it. They're one of the bigger producers out of Oregon. Um, like I said, it's called Willamette Valley. The name of the wine is called uh, Willamette Valley, but Willamette Valley is also an area in Oregon. Um, this is maybe $16, $17 wine. It's nothing too expensive. And the first thing I, I tasted was like a red Jolly Rancher. And by red, I mean the, the cherry one. So the first dry wine that I tried, the first thing that I pick up, I said red Jolly Rancher. And everybody looked at me like, that's a crazy ass way to explain it, but you're definitely right. So we all have our different experience. We all have different palates, so we can all approach things in different ways. A Jolly Rancher was the first thing that came to me because I was a kid that liked Jolly Ranchers. I don't like it too much because I don't want to lose a damn tooth. But back then, I wasn't losing tooth uh, to chide on us with Jolly Ranchers. So anything can help you evolve your palate. And Pinot Noir... Um, so you'll have some Pinots. They'll give you more black fruits, you know, cassis, uh, blackberry cassis, you know, things like that. You get more red fruits out of some. You get some bright strawberry. You get black cherry. You get raspberry. You'll get you'll get earth. You'll get mushroom. You just get a, a ton of different things. And, and none of them, them, you know, there's some that it can be a little bit uh, bigger and bolder, but it's mostly for fruit. You won't get any big tannic super aggressive Pinot Noirs. Uh, there's a few in between. But for the most part, the stuff that is sold to the American markets, the stuff that you want to try first as a very good entry level uh, are, are ones like that. You want to do something light. You want to do something elegant. Um, even if you don't totally get it, even if it's dry, even if it's too dry for you, you put a chill onto it. Like I, I talked about in another podcast, chilling wines uh, can make a hell of a difference in, in just the flavor profile that you have. So. Throw it in the fridge for 20 minutes, man. Go do something else. Uh, come back to it. You'll see that the fruit is evolved. Uh, you'll see that the fruit is, is more prominent. The nose, the nose may be slightly. Now that I think about it, I think the nose may be slightly suppressed when it's chill. I don't remember. I don't remember any particular improvements 
nose wise on red said i chill wine i you know what i do zinfandel i had a zinfandel on saturday called saldo um an american wine and it did the nose did come out a little bit more so i just may be a little off but i'm gonna give you all a couple pin on the war um write them down go to the store Pick you up one. They're light in alcohol. You know, you'll usually get something in between, you know, maybe 11, 14 percent. Anything is, you know, maybe 14. It might reach 13. Anything that's 14 is probably a little blended. Can still be very good and still be, you know, for you. So the first thing I would say is definitely Willamette Valley. Willamette Valley is, um, like I said, I you know, I, I didn't know anything about wine. I didn't, I didn't even drink until I started to learn about wine. So. Um, Willamette Valley is perfect. Um, another one I would do would be something like Mayomi. Um, Mayomi is just a very good, easy drinking, full on fruit forward, fruit bomb of a Pinot Noir. It gives you all the fruit that you need and it's smooth. It's good. Uh, M-E-I-O-M-I, if I can remember correctly, little red screw cap on it. You can't miss it. So Willamette Valley Pinot Noir, which is an Oregon Pinot Noir. Oregon Pinot Noir, uh, Mayomi Pinot Noir, which is a Californian Pinot Noir, and the third one I would say, let's see, I want I want to kind of stay within a, a in a good price range too because I don't want the first Pinot Noir you drink or a recommendation that I give you to be a thirty dollar Pinot Noir. Kind of hitting between that fifteen to twenty dollar one is a good hot spot, but we'll throw this one out as kind of a, a wild card one because it'll be more between 10 and 15. I want you to go try one called Erath and it's E-R-A-T-H. It is um, an Oregon Pinot Noir also. They do a few different levels of it, but the regular Erath should be probably between 13 and $15. And it's just a good representation on Oregon Pinot Noir. It's a good representation on Pinot Noir in general. And it's just a wine that will help you grow. It's a wine that'll help you evolve your palate. You may be stuck on Pinot Noir a while. I mean, it's still one of my favorites. I've been doing this quite a while. So it's not really a, um, I wouldn't say it's a stepping stone wine. Like sweet wines can be seen as a stepping stone wine because a lot of people, once they're done with it, they don't come back to it like permanently. They may, you know, try something here and there, maybe a glass or two. But a lot of times once you're done with sweet wine, you're usually done because it, like I said, it just comes off too sweet at some point. So. Uh, Pinot Noir, it's, it's, I wouldn't call it a stepping stone grape, but it's definitely a kind of an educational build my palate grape. And it's not a, tre- a cheap grape at all. Um, there's a wine called uh, Domaine Romani Conti, which is from Burgundy. And I've seen anything from $800 to $3,800 a bottle. So this is not some type of cheap grape. Uh, if you're thinking that, it's just a it's, a, it's a, it's a very delicate grape. It's very easy to drink grape. And I think that would be something perfect for just new drinkers in general. And and hell, I've just named three. Grab any Pinot Noir you want that's in your price range. Try them all. Just because you try one, just because you try two, just because you try 10 of them does not mean you do not like Pinot Noir. There are thousands of Pinot Noir. Try everything. Go to wine bars. Go to wine tastings. Look up on damn Craigslist. Look up on damn Event Hub. Look up anything. Wine tastings. There are free wine tastings all across whatever city you're in. Unless you're in Willacoochee, Georgia. I'm sure you can drive to Atlanta, Macon, Savannah, Augustus, whatever you can get to. 
to get some old-fashioned wine tastings. Whether it's for $5, whether it's for $10, or whether it's for free. Wine, champagne, it is fairly easy to learn. You can learn it on your own, just a little bit of reading. Um, and it can just help you get on your way, you know. Um, this is wine is not something I was cultured into. Uh, a lot of people, they, a lot of people were into it. They, you know, they learn it when they're young, and it, it is something they've grown up with. I've said that before about places like Italy and Spain. I mean, these people been, you know, drinking and being around it since they were 10, 12 years old, taking a little sip of wine, uh, you know, out of their parents' glass. So it's not something I grew up around. It's not, um, it's not something I was raised with. But it is something that's become kind of a part of who I am and, and the, the culture uh, of grapes, uh, of, of wineries and winemaking and the process and oak barrels and barrel aging and elevation and soil. There's just so many different uh, things to learn about just the cultivation of wine. Um, so just a quick recap. Treat your wine like you treat your milk. Go and buy a Pinot Noir. Put it in the glass, put the bottle in the fridge. So I want you to try it room temperature, throw it in the fridge about 15, 20 minutes. It's nice to chill, not ice cold, just a light chill onto it. And um, then try the second glass and see if there's a difference to you. Uh, every red wine I've done it with, uh, I've tasted a noticeable difference in between the two. So that's a couple of things I want to go over to today. Welcome back to the Audible Podcast. I'll see y'all later.